1: Junior. He did. Hello and welcome back to the Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined on today's episode by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. It is a special bonus edition of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. If you've been listening in over the last couple of days, you'll have heard Some of these draft pieces so far as we draft along with Anthony Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at Amixta. It is a fun one. We are going on through the draft here at the moment. We're starting to get into that territory where we may need to pick ourselves up some running backs over uh, over the next couple of rounds here. So it's going to be fun. There's some guys we have in mind. Let's listen in. Let's see who we select as we get ready to push on through the draft. As always, I want to let you know at the start of the show, you can get yourself a listeners-only discount to a NFL Pass. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That will save you 10%. We'll get you that discount and get you set up for the NFL season. Gives you access to all of the content and tools up on the website. If you do want any additional information, check out rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. And as always, we do love when we get those written and reviews up on the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. This draft series, as with most of the shows, it will drop on the Road of His Overtime podcast feed before it goes on the Road of His main feed. So, If you want to get these shows exclusively a couple of hours earlier, sometimes a couple of days earlier, like with the draft series, make sure you're following and subscribe to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed itself. Drop us a written and review. But with all that said, let's jump back to the draft. I think now this gets into the situation where I mentioned kind of before those picks. Is I think we're hoping to lean into guys like Moss, Dylan, Connor, Pollard, you know, in this upcoming range. I think if we got two of those guys, we would, we would be like just laughing at what we've been able to accomplish so far. But, uh, (laughs) um, I think that is that there, Anthony, the guys that you're kind of looking for any other kind of running back candidates in this kind of, I guess, um, nine through 12 reigns that uh, interest you
2: yes I, i'm gonna stump for ronald jones a little bit here uh just because i i think i feel like he's like somehow become like the flagship zero rb uh running back <laughs> like every year he's kind of just like in our minds but i mean ronald jones last year was was having the breakout season like it was happening uh for ronald jones in 2020 uh you know he gets the injury he gets covid Leonard Fournette was on the, the brink of being cut, you know, not even being a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Obviously, he goes on to have a great playoff run. But I, I don't know, like, how sold are we that, that Fournette is going to be heavily involved? I know that obviously having Gio Bernard kind of in tow now takes away some of that receiving upside with Jones, but it, it almost seemed like last year that wasn't his role anyway. You know, it was going to be Fournette who was in on the receiving. Down, So I kind of feel like the the Gio Bernard addition actually hurts Fournette more than it hurts Jones. You know, if he's someone who can establish himself on early downs, he's still going to kind of pick up these receptions, like just by virtue of being on the field. I know that's something that Ben has kind of talked about a lot. Uh, And then you're looking at, you know, a starting running back on, you know, one of the best offenses in football, tons of touchdown upside. Um, You know, where are you guys on Jones?
3: I think that's an interesting point because my concern is in these three running back committees and especially if you have not just a good receiving back but one who is likely to be excellent and heavily used that you're capped in multiple ways and why don't we take backs who have easier paths to success but with Ronald Jones we're talking about an offense as you mentioned that could be the highest scoring in football I think that that gets understated a little bit when we're talking about how to go about looking at the Buccaneers because Ronald Jones is the guy who can take the handoff, who can go 70 yards for a touchdown, right? And so if you mix some of those touches, and we wouldn't expect that every game, or maybe you only get a couple of those a season, maybe you get zero, but you have that exposure. And then, you know, you've got this chance that he ends up being the guy that they use, you know, very consistently, just because he's so much better than Leonard Fournette. You have to ask yourself if if that run that Fournette had in the playoffs really wipes out just how bad he was over the last couple of seasons
1: you yeah, know i think yeah. that's fair i think i think Kevin i i just think the fear is that the majority of the receiving work is just going to, to go towards bernard because he is such a better well over the last number of seasons he's shown he's a much better pass catcher than either Fournette or um ronald jones and we're both the board anthony with ronald jones you know hope hoping that it does happen but um, I think based on the values of the backfield, I've been drafting Bernard more over Jones this year.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, when you factor in price, I, I can definitely understand that. Um, I guess, like, I just look at when I look at a guy like Jones versus a guy like Moss, where it's almost you're almost kind of taking some of those things for 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 a given, right? I mean, like, you're not really expecting Moss to see tremendous volume as a pass catcher. Uh, you're kind of hoping that he gets some of those touchdowns and takes them away from. Josh Allen, who, who has been, you know, kind of their primary touchdown scorer on the ground, or maybe some of that's fluky. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think juxtaposing those two guys is interesting, you know, versus a guy like, you know, a Pollard who we know has this like tremendous ceiling, you know, Um, Pollard is someone that obviously I love. I mean, I just think that, there, we're already getting the reports that, that Dallas may go a little easy on Zeke this year to arrest him for the playoffs you know, and keep him ready, and that <laughs> that only improves the position of a guy like Pollard, who I think at this point uh, may be better than Zeke. Well, we won't have to have that debate between the two of them now right? because uh, Moss has gone off the board. The other
1: target and AJ Dillon is also off the board. Um, we have three picks to go before our picks. I still think, though, that we're probably looking – at a running back here we have connor we have pollard we have also Jones still there in the mix if if that's something that um, you're interested in sean but i those guys is 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 connor or pollard probably the clear pick here when if, if one of them dropped to us as connor goes off the board
3: we have we have pollard and jones probably as the picks that would be interesting in this range The other thing we can do, I mean, because obviously we don't want to take a a running back in the first nine picks at least, move him into the double (laughs) down. We can look at quarterback here. And so my question would be do we want to take one? Do we want to even consider two? I think that one way to play this, when you're talking about these prices, if you look at the Buccaneers and the potential season that Tom Brady could have with those weapons, We've already talked about the scenario for Burrow. If you combine them or you take a Jalen Hurts, then suddenly you're into a situation where if either guy hits, you can play them consistently, but then you can also mix and match. And so you get every week a very good matchup. Anthony, now that we've progressed a little bit more, we didn't get that first wave of quarterbacks. Um, Take a quarterback here or keep waiting because we have Lance, we have Fields, you know, we have someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick late.
2: Yeah, I would, I think we should take Pollard here and then let's continue this discussion for our next pick. Just because I think, I don't know how at risk we are of, of Hurts or those guys coming off, but I, I am a little worried that we might not get Pollard. And I think he's kind of the key. He He's like a key to us having just like a really explosive season. I think, you know, if anything happens to Ezekiel Elliott, not that we're rooting for it. But you know, if if he were to go down or be suspended or whatever, you know whatever, some reason he's not there, all of a sudden you know Pollard is the starting running back for one of the best offices in football, and we're getting ready to have a really big year. So what we can say here, Sean, is
1: uh, Anthony forced us to take that running back? Um, we were <laughs> we were we were willing to go
2: deep in this one. You know, you know when it's time. Sometimes you just know, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know the wand chooses the wizard. You know, the it's not it's not up to us. It's the <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, I, I mean think, I think, I think that, it's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I think the quarterback stuff is really interesting. Um, you know, Hurts obviously has a huge ceiling. Brady and Burrow have really big ceilings. Um, I would be open to taking one of those guys. I would be open to taking Ronald Jones. Um, I'll kind of defer to you guys. I mean, I think, Sean, especially, you know, you probably know a little bit better about maybe what these quarterbacks could unlock for us. So,
1: I think John's been here, too. Probably makes it very interesting. But, Sean, I'll let you talk about the quarterbacks.
3: Well, we've had the quarterbacks – fall a little bit in this draft just a, a very little bit and I think it'll be interesting to see where they go I think since we've had a strong case made for Jones and we've broken the seal on running backs then Jones is an interesting guy here maybe we'll get a shot at one of those guys later and we can cobble together still an explosive quarterback position from the later rounds this also gives us some flexibility too in terms of considering to go after some different positions so We'll go after Jones there. And I think that you've you've heard it here first. Uh, Ronald Jones is going to be the breakout running back of 2021, finally show that he is a superstar. He should have been considered as the third back in that group with Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb.
1: Yeah, we were just a year too early. We were all really in last year, Um, but I, I still think the, the, the talent is there. It just felt to me, that maybe we need a, a change of scenery. But if that offense is going, um, it's going to be in a, a good position. I think the quarterbacks, Sean, um, were interesting there. I think, though, with the, the pitch that Anthony made and with being able to have Jones and Pollard, um, I think it puts us in a, a good position now moving forward. But there is a, a number of quarterback options that would be interesting. I would expect Hurts and Burrow to be gone before it gets back to us. We could get into our our favorite debate uh, while drafting Sean uh, Matt Ryan versus Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, but we'll give that another few rounds.
3: <laughs> yeah, so well, obviously it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, but now that we're on to the next next wave here, and and I have to make that comment as Washington is now trying to claim that they have a quarterback competition going on, but. What are the next wave of running back targets here? And I think one of the guys that we've been getting on more and more as Moss's price goes up and as the, you know, we'll call it buzz, but just the the reports out of Buffalo that Singletary has looked good. I mean, one of the things that I like to look at for these guys, and we're trying to find a, find a bounce back type of profile is someone who's been good for every year, except for one. Now, when you're talking about someone like a DJ Chark, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit trickier, right? Because you're like, is he going to bounce back to like the only season when he was good, that that was a little bit weird. Now he did do some market share things in college, but Chark hasn't been a volume guy except for that one season. Whereas Devin Singletary, this, you know, massive compiler in college with breakaway runs, he doesn't test very well, but then is efficient as a rookie. And again, you get, you know, almost this like Barry Sanders ish running style to him where he's, you know, leaving guys by, you know, two or three yards when he makes a cut. I did not see that from him last year at all. And he looked like he was running in quicksand. But even with, and you can look at the running back EP to see just how low the expected points were from the Buffalo running backs last year. That doesn't seem sustainable to me. I think that it's like a better call that it's an explosive offense that's going to have a lot more running back scoring this year. Is Singletary someone who is a better pick just overall or a better pick because he's cheaper than Moss? Or should we be looking for different backfields?
2: I mean, I, I like that he's cheaper than Moss. I think that we're getting access to like the same kind of ceiling in a good offense, um, plus the fact that I think Singletary is more likely to uh, you know, be the lead back in targets on this team. I mean, I think that that's something that, you, know, you look at what the Bills have done offensively. They've really kind of pushed the, the limits in terms of passing as far as what we've seen, like just around the league, um, you know, passing percentage. Uh, and, and to me, that means Devin Singletary is going to be on the field maybe a little bit more. He's going to be the guy who gets some of these running back receptions, and he's going to be the guy who, you know, maybe just by virtue of being uh, like the better back in these kind of hurry up or two minute type spots, like he's going to maybe find the end zone a little bit. And I, I tend to to gravitate more towards that than I do the the Zach Moss profile. And then kind of on top of that, we're getting him, you know, a round or two later uh, at minimum. So I am uh, I'm definitely a fan of Singletary for what he for what he's priced at um, right now.
3: Give us a, a sense of any other receivers you might still be willing to select in this quarterback situation where Hertz is still there. We don't know that he's going to make us back, make it back. We've got seven picks, six, seven picks in that range. Compare him to Lance and Fields in terms of upside for the price because maybe the price will actually end up being very similar in this draft but there should be a little bit of a discount for these rookies who you know may not play for the first 4 or 5 weeks.
2: Yeah, the playing time is is definitely the rub. I mean, I think if you told me right now that Lance was going to play all 17 games, he he probably should already be off the board. So um that's that's the rub there. I mean, I think that Hertz has a ton of upside. That we have like this weird um like kind of situation in Philly where it sounds like they're like not super committing to him. You know, Nick Sirianni's like not super committing. They've been really linked to Deshaun Watson. If that ever, you know, becomes available. So there's kind of, there's like a little bit more risk maybe than meets the eye with a guy like Kurtz, but we saw what he did last year. Uh, the rushing ability is just so evident. Um, and for fantasy is, is really, uh, I don't want to say all that matters, but it's a big part of, of what matters. And they've obviously added some receivers as well. So, Hertz is someone I like. I mean, I think if him or Burrow were to make it to us, I think that that's maybe a pick that we should, that we should make, um, you know, and then this is where I've gotten in trouble in some of my other leagues. And I shouldn't say in trouble cause it's good, but like this group of receivers sometimes ends up being very good as well. You know, Nicole Hardman is someone that I'm, I'm going to continue to, to hope that it, that it happens. You know, there's no one else. I mean, my goodness, Andy, please, uh, you know, release Nicole. um, and I've been big on, on Gabriel Davis and Rondell Moore this year also. So it's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement kind of all up and down the board, I think, at receiver this year.
1: Yeah, I think more more is somebody I really like. I think though like we I think there might be a chance that we see know he might go, but I think there might be a chance that we see him in the next two picks when we're picking in the the next two rounds, but he's definitely somebody who'll be a target. I think it's very interesting here. I I didn't think there was any chance that Archerborough we We're going to last back to us here at these picks, so we have three guys to pick before us, but we have both of those on the board. I feel like if one of those two guys come back here, I think it would make a lot of sense to, uh, to pick one of those up.
0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRadio 2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio 2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Our running back targets have started to thin out just so people can kind of follow along. Since we picked last, Drake, Williams, Madison, all off the board. Not guys we were necessarily targeting, but Heinz then Murray, Singletary, Edwards. So Hines and Singletary are gone. A lot of the next running backs here, Anthony, are guys where they might have a lot more contingent value than standalone value. Where are you on a Hubbard or a Darrington Evans?
2: Yeah, I mean, they have, the, they have the elite ceiling that you want from, uh, you know, from these handcuffed backs. I mean, I don't really see much other competition in either backfield for those guys. Uh, Hubbard is someone that I think profile-wise we'd like. I I cannot believe this, that both of these quarterbacks made it to us. Uh, (laughs) uh, Both on the board.
1: It's at the stage now where the guy at 12 has taken Patrick Mahomes, so I'm not expecting him to take a quarterback. There's a possibility we could take both of these guys, but have we just for starting off, have we a preference over which we would take? Uh, I would lean to borrow, but obviously the injury concerns from last season, but I think I would go borrow any preference on me.
2: Well, Burrow gives us the stack with Higgins as well. Um, you know, I think if we're kind of buying them as, a, as an emerging offense, that makes him a very intriguing pick. And maybe we do get hurts in the way back. I think that would be very interesting for us.
3: Do we want do to you? take Rondell Moore first and take the one who comes back around?
2: I think Moore could be
1: there and then like in another fall, around. Do you not think that?
3: No, I don't. I think he's going to be the next receiver off the board.
1: We're to pick? I click Burrow.
2: <laughs> okay. I was like, we better fix someone or else we're going to end up Sorry, with... Sorry, uh, Sean. You know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what
1: happens. I'll, I'll take the hat here if, uh, if that does happen.
3: Um, but no, we got Joe Burrow, which, I mean, that's what I've been shooting for this whole draft. So very excited <laughs> about that selection right there. I'm torn, too, especially now with the news that Rager is... has some really serious things working against him. Or maybe not serious things, but definitely an unfortunate report today in terms of his readiness. We were kind of hoping that he would take a jump, that he would help the Eagles passing game take a jump. I feel like we have to take a a different position now that we've taken quarterback because we need to either get some exposure to one of these crazy upside running backs here, or we get Rondell Warren and kind of finish out that receiving core from that perspective and then target Lance and Fields as kind of the hammer to go with Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm on board with that, yeah. Um, who are we looking at then? Obviously, we've mentioned Moore. The running backs are probably Lindsay or Evans um, that are there. I'm probably leaning towards Moore unless
3: we have a strong view on, on Evans. I like Moore here, if that's good with you guys. It'll be interesting to see if Darrington Evans comes back. He's all over the place in drafts, and he's someone I think like a Tony Pollard and maybe even more than a Tony Pollard would be a top 10 back if Derrick Henry is injured. The other very strong possibility with Derrick, with Darrington Evans, is that something happens to Derrick Henry and Evans is like a weekly inactive. So, you know, we have a pretty (laughs) wide range of potential things that could happen with him. So that also a
2: full range of outcomes there. Yeah. Well well, the thing that I think is really interesting with Evans is that like he's he's so different uh, of an archetype as as Henry. He's almost somewhere where if they plug him in as the starter, now you have this kind of like offense that allows you to go a little bit more spread instead of being this power run game where now he's not like grinding between the tackles and getting this Derrick Henry like very low like EP carries like in between the 20s now he's we're gonna see him getting a lot more receptions um you know he's presumably still a guy around the goal line to get work like he has i think what he does kind of to the whole offense is really interesting but i think he's almost better off like you almost prefer the offense with evans than you would with henry which is crazy to say but just in terms of like what it would do to it overall in terms of allowing them to throw and getting those targets which you know are higher in expected points
3: yeah, I love to hear you say that. I mean, the idea that the offense will be better with Evans than Henry is something I think most people would not believe is remotely possible. But there are a lot of evidence-based and logic-based reasons when you map out how the NFL offenses function that suggest that's exactly the case. And how good Derrick Henry has to be to make the offense continue to succeed, playing the way he plays, it's a really crazy high level that he has to maintain. Someone we've been drafting column really quite a bit, and I think the everything was going against him, but we finally got a positive report for him today. And as I mentioned, he goes off the board, but while we're kind of around and a half away from our next pick, Anthony, what are your thoughts on Rashad Penny?
2: Oh boy. I mean, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a tough road, right? I mean, the thing that, the thing that concerns me about a guy like Penny is that now, like some of these other backs have maybe shown that they can handle some work. I mean, Homer is never really going to be someone who can carry the ball, but he's been somewhat effective at times receiving, but I thought TJ Dallas played really well last year and he's still on the roster. So that, that is kind of what concerns me is that I, I'm a little worried that no matter who is healthy and who is like the preferred back in this offense, that there's always going to be kind of a split. I don't know if we're going to be able to get that, that true like single RB ceiling uh, in Seattle. Well, if they're going to have eight hundred carries this season, there's a good chance that the running backs will have value. That's fair. That's a point I had not considered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't know. What, I know, like we we talked about him a slight bit, but, but hurts is still on the board. I don't know. Is there any anything on Twitter, Anthony, about about hurts? I'm like literally
3: looking at. It
1: right I've, now. Uh, <laughs> do do uh, has Carson Wentz have they forgot that Carson Wentz isn't the Eagles quarterback or something they're mixing up him and Hurts but no, I just think I haven't seen him go, go this late. but yeah I think it's um going to be interesting here to see what happens um I'm really pleased with how things are going so far here um I think uh, the dream scenario here Sean is like I think that uh, that Evans does does come back to this um I think the chances are probably probably pretty slim the overall but where where do we look then to a guy like Chuba Hubbard, um, Anthony? That's somebody who we've been drafting quite a bit. Um, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I
2: mean Chuba was a guy who, or Chuba Chuba. I mean, I guess I'm not really sure. Like,
1: I'm using, I'm doing the Irish pronunciation.
2: All right, cool. So, like last year, <laughs> last year I felt like in all my dynasty leagues, like the hot topic was, well, what do we do if, if you know Chuba Hubbard does the, uh, you know, the the second draft and we have to kind of make this addition to the player pool like mid year, like, cause he was so good. Like he was so touted as being this great running back prospect. And then he doesn't really have the final season that we want. He, he falls into, you know, the last day of the draft, but you know, he still, to me, at least looks like someone who would have a clear stranglehold in that backfield. If anything happened to Christian McCaffrey, uh, we saw what they did last year with Mike Davis, where, you know, they, they committed to him for a bit. They started doing the Curtis Samuel thing, mixing him in. I mean, that's kind of off the table, now, uh, completely, Samuel's out. Uh, you know, Terrace Marshall, a more traditional receiver, is in. So, yeah, I mean, I think Hubbard would be someone who would be in line for, maybe not the full receiving work of a Christian McCaffrey, but definitely uh, most of that work. And that's, uh, I mean, what more could you want from a handcuff back?
3: Anthony, this is a, a turn early. We wouldn't be looking at it for the 13-14. But if the draft kind of dries up, after this turn, and the reason why we obviously want to plan ahead is because they could affect what we do with the 13 14. Where are you on making a little bit of a premature move to say go Rams, Justin Tucker, or Rams, Harrison Butker at the following turn? Are you excited about getting the very top guys at these positions that tend to have, uh, you know, more or less throw the guys in the bucket and, and pull one out? Or do you like the seven the you know nineteen twenty, the final rounds of the draft to hit these guys?
2: I think I like it a little bit more at kicker than I do at defense. Uh, just because I I mean I feel like especially drafting now, like so many of these kickers aren't even gonna be on the roster when we go to start these leagues up in a month. Um, you know, and we kinda have I feel like we're like way better at predicting kickers than we think we are uh, in terms of the scoring, especially when we just tie it immediately to the offenses that they're a part of. So I'm not I'm not against it. I mean, I think maybe some of these guys that we're really gunning for would have to come off the board. You know, it looks like Trey Lance just went. So that's one of our targets probably. But, you know, if some of these guys go, I'm definitely willing to consider it. Uh, And I would say kicker first as a priority. I mean, again, I'm I'm curious what you guys think. I would
1: would agree. I'm going to, if I don't get one of those probably top five guys, I'm going to wait to the very end. So it just, if we get somebody at the top end, I'm, I'm happy enough to take it. But if we don't, I'm, I'm just gonna wait and wait and wait. Um, defensively, I'm, I'm not
3: as pushed. So Hertz and Fields are both still here with four picks to go until ours. We also have Evans Hubbard and Giovanni Bernard, which I think are the three running backs, unless we wanna dive into Philip Lindsay, another player we'd like, or a Tariq Cohen, someone who is kind of in that boat where he may not be ready for the season. But, man, I mean, he's just such a – the gap between Cohen and Montgomery as a receiver, their electricity and what they do for a team, it's just so gigantic. The fact that Montgomery had a good finish to last season and should get credit for it, but a good finish to last season when he finally had this ultra-easy stretch of opposing defenses, I mean, that doesn't change how we should see Cohen and what he brings to the table as a receiver. Of course, the injury really fouls up you know, what we know and what might happen. to I him. Mean, he's someone who might be on waivers after a couple of weeks and you can pick him up after the first month of the season. So, Hertz does go. Evans, Hubbard, Bernard, Lindsey, is there an order that we should be attacking this, Anthony, to make sure we get our guys?
2: I mean, I'm. Uh, yeah, this is tough. I mean, I, I'm tempted to say that we should just take Fields because he's like the last of these upside quarterbacks. It's a weird scenario because he would actually have the same bye week as, as Burrow. But I mean, that's not really why we're drafting him. We're drafting him because we know when he starts, he's going to have this great ceiling. So I I would kind of prioritize him. And then we look to see which of these backs makes it back to us. Hopefully an Evans, a Hubbard. Uh, I think we pick one of those guys. What do you guys think?
1: How do you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick not being one of the upside quarterbacks, Sean? (laughs) Uh, we're we're, We're on the, we're on the clock. We can talk about that after, but, um, I think that Evans been there as a a real like Evans or Hubbard, I think I would lean towards, but okay. I mean, I'm fine
2: with that. I'm not like I'm not really anchored into anything. It does seem like Evans has slid a little bit, so I'm I'm good with that. Let's hit him
3: to make sure we get in, and then we can kind of debate Hubbard versus Fields coming back around. You know, having exposure to Fields would just be very exciting. So let's go Evans. (laughs) And then Anthony, I wanted to ask you. How confident are we compared to uh, on Fields compared to Lance? Now we know that Lance is, I mean, you could make a case for Lance as a combination of Cam Newton and, and RG3 before he ruined his legs. And that, I mean, that's why he's being drafted, right? That's why he's such a, I mean, that's why he goes 102 in Superflex despite all of the elite prospects, you know, in this year's rookie class. How confident are we that Fields is going to have? not necessarily the same type of rushing impact, but enough rushing impact in an offense where, I mean, Allen Robinson as your superstar wide receiver doesn't fill me with a lot of joy. I mean, Allen Robinson, I think would be a good number two, and he's forced into playing this high volume role where he never separates and then goes up and and makes some jump ball catches, which is a talent that should not be undersold. He's a very good player, but I mean, do they have the weapons here? But we could look at a Cole Komet as being maybe the, you know, best pick in drafts from that perspective. But in terms of field's upside, is it in the same range as Lance?
2: I don't think it is. I mean, you hit on the reasons why. Like, the, the infrastructure of, of the Niners, I just think, is way better. And, I, and especially from the coaching perspective. I mean, I just don't really trust Matt Nagy to, to do the right thing. Um, and the personnel, obviously, is not nearly as good. I mean, Lance is coming into a scenario where he has, like, elite targets, I would say. And uh, we don't really have that from Fields. I think he's probably less likely to get like goal line carries and stuff like that. Um, but still, I mean, he's going to run. I mean, I, and I think that that's still, I guess, the attractive part of the uh, of the profile. But I would definitely say not not as high as Lance.
1: No, I think that I would continue to push quarterback down the road with the options okay. that are left. Um, up to you, we guys, already have Burrow, so it's not like yeah. it's, you know. Um, I I think that. The upside of having, with the build we have, having the likes of Hubbard there is really going to push us. Um, Like, I like Lindsay as well, but I I don't think he has the same upside if if Hubbard got that role.
3: Are we comfortable starting Pollard and Jones in week one? Are we concerned that we might need Bernard's floor or just Hubbard to go for the 500k? I think we we just
2: go for it. Chuba. And
1: we'll leave it there for this edition of the draft series. Hopefully you're enjoying listening in and listening along. If you are, let us know on Twitter. You can let me know over at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. You can send an email to rotavisradio at gmail.com. You can let Anthony Amico know as well. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. It is at Amixta. Of course, Sean is not on, on Twitter all that often, uh, as, as listeners will know. Uh, it's turned into a little bit of a, a story. Uh, I dropped a clip from the uh, the show uh the one of the first drafts where we uh, mentioned about sean and, and twitter again so it's it's been fun going through that but sean uh, has a twitter account but but doesn't use it so uh no need to follow over there but check out his great work up on rotavis.com until we're back with another edition of the series or maybe in between you're listening to Roadways overtime itself as well of three of those shows dropping this week as well until we're back with another one have a good one